we as a church were made not to be uh, used by God so much um, in the easy times, but in the troubling times. Jesus told us, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Well, that's pretty dangerous stuff because sheep have no defense. And the wolves are a pack and they will basically gang up on you and they will rip you to shreds. And yet he warned us, he told us, I'm sending you out into a very hostile world. And I expect you to do your job in that hostile world and be a light for me and be a witness for me, being an ambassador for me, even though the world is going to hate you. Because out of that world that hates you is where you came. You were converted from there. So you understand where you came from. Now you understand the dangers that you were getting close to the shores of hell where you were going to shipwreck forever. And there on the shores of eternity, you would have gone straight to hell, straight to a, a judgment before God because of your sin. And somebody told you of the love of God, the love of Jesus, where he died for your sin. It was a lighthouse to you in your storm, and you came ashore in safety, and now you're safe and you're saved. And I expect you to do the same for others. I expect you to be that lighthouse in the storm where others are getting near too close to the rocks and will crash and be destroyed and forever be condemned. And so this is the time of the church. There are people that have gone through way more than you and I have. They have been, in, I heard about in Scotland, where in Scotland, they would strip Christians naked and leave them in the cold of Scotland where it's very damp and very freezing and leave them out there to starve and leave them out there to be exposed to the elements because they were Christians. Because they would not bow to the Catholic Church. They wouldn't bow to the, the established religion of the state. And the state became the enemy of the kingdom of God. How stupid is that? But that's what happened. And God allowed his people to go through that because he says it's for a short time to show that you care more about the kingdom of God that's forever than this short suffering that you're going to go through. It's a testimony to the world that no matter what you put me through, I will not bow, I will not bend, I will not give in to you, I will stay straight and faithful and loyal to God, to Christ, no matter what you do to me. Uh, the, the children of Israel in Babylon were a great example. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Into the fire they went. <clears throat> and they said, O king, we're not full of care. We're, we don't care what you do to us. Because we're not going to bow to you. We're not going to bow to your image. Because there is a God and we serve him. And he threw them into the fire. And at that time, God did save them out of the fire. But it isn't always. Because the book of, the book of Hebrews says toward the end of chapter 11... Yeah, there were some people that were put to all kinds of persecution for the name of Christ, and the world isn't worthy of them. So this is the last, the last time in the Bible that you will see the church mentioned as you progress through the chapters of Revelation, because then the church is taken out. The church is taken out so it doesn't suffer the judgment that's about to come on the earth. Some people say, well, the world is going to get better. Governments are going to be just, and we're going to usher in a utopia for Christ. No. No, it's not going to happen. The Bible tells us it's going to get worse. The Bible tells us that men will become more evil, more deceptive, more cruel, to such a point when God rains down judgment upon this earth. And he's not raining judgment upon this earth because they're just. He's raining judgment upon this earth because they're unjust. 
and they're evil, and they're enemies of God. So no, it's not getting better. It's progressively worse. To the point where when God is bringing all kind of fire and brimstone on this earth, all kinds of plagues, this ain't nothing. This COVID stuff ain't nothing. Ain't nothing compared to what's about to happen. There have been diseases, if unleashed on this earth, you would be mortified. Because there are diseases on this earth where your flesh is literally consumed while you're alive. Consumed. And it's been, it's out there. There are diseases, the Bible says in the last days, some of the plagues are men's very flesh. Their tongues come out and dissolve in their mouth and their eyes out of the sockets of their head while they're still alive. The viciousness of what's about to happen is, this is nothing. This is nothing. But see, the church, because God loves the church and God promised the church, I will take you out of that time when I pour my judgment upon the earth. We are the church. We will be taken out. But while we're here, we're supposed to be the lighthouse and warn people, you're about to crash. You're about to be destroyed. If you don't repent and you don't turn to Christ, you will die, you will be judged, and you will go to eternity to a place of torment away from God, and you will be conscious. You will be conscious. The Bible teaches that they will be conscious forever in suffering. Because remember, what God does is eternal. What God does is eternal. And you may not understand that, but when you get to that judgment day and you see God, and God reveals to you the, 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 the essence and the principles of eternity, you'll go, yep, it's just, it's right. Because right now we like to minimize things. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, before a just and holy God, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So we are the church. And as we go through these, we see that these churches begin to fail. They begin to tolerate the new word today with Antifa, with the social justice warriors, are tolerance. No, God doesn't want tolerance. The devil is very sneaky. He'll come in and tell the Christian, well, really, this is how Jesus was supposed to. No, he wasn't. If you study Yeshua, Jesus, he was very confrontational. He was very confrontational. They didn't crucify him and, and try to stone him and kill him because he went along with the flow. They, they didn't try to shut him up because he was get, go along and get along. He was not. He was radical. He was radical in saying, this is what God has said. You're wrong. And he would embarrass them in public. He would confront them and tell them, your doctrine is wrong. You are, you are lying. You are hypocrites. And they couldn't wait to crucify him. So no, we're not supposed to be tolerant with the things of this world. We're not supposed to just go along and get along. We're not. We're supposed to be different. As different as, as light is from the darkness. As different as day is from the night. We are supposed to be distinct. He told us if salt has lost its, its flavor, what good is it? You ever, if you've ever eaten an egg without salt, you know it's almost uneatable. It's bland. It adds flavor. It adds distinction. It brings out the flavors of the food. And so we're supposed to have flavor, the flavor of the kingdom of God. In the world that hates him, in a world where Satan will try to convince you that no, and I heard a preacher say this recently, that we're supposed to obey the 11th commandment. The 11th commandment? Yeah, in their eyes, be nice. 
And heaven forbid you contradict them because now you've broken the 11th commandment. That's just made up. Okay, there's no such thing as 11th commandment. And now you're, you're not nice. And they'll be evil to you because how dare you criticize and contradict what they're saying. Remember, they crucified Jesus. They picked up stones and tried to stone him. They tried to throw him over the top of, a, uh, of, the, of the hill where Nazareth was settled. But he walked it through them because it wasn't his time. If you stand for what God told you to stand for, you will make enemies. And you will have people contradict you or ridicule you. It's the way it is. So here in Thyatira, this church, he says in verse 18, And unto the church in Thyatira. And let me tell you something. Every church, like every nation, is distinct. Somebody once said, well, God doesn't recognize nations. Yes, he does. Just as he recognizes different churches and the doctrine that it's in them. If a church deviates from the doctrine, and you see he, he writes the seven different churches, why do you think he writes the seven different churches? Because these churches, to one degree or another, had gotten away from the principles and the, and the doctrines that he had given them. Just like a nation, if a nation doesn't go by the principles that he gave nations, and we can see it in Romans chapter 13, they are going against the principles of why God established nations. And God says, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? If the foundations of a church be destroyed, Jesus said, remember at the beginning, he says, I'll take away your candlestick. And if a nation has gotten away from the principles of God, God punishes and judges them, just like he did those nations that were in the land of Canaan when God destroyed them and said, get out, I'm bringing the Jews in. And when the Jews violated the principles that God had given them, and they became like the other nations and weren't distinct anymore, he says, I'm putting you out as well. There is distinctions. There are distinctions. God put them there. And if we're not distinct, and you're like the rest of them, Jesus said, if you're not for me, then you're against me. There is no middle ground. This thing about, well, I'm not going to make any decisions, I'm not going to, like people recently said, I'm not going to vote. I'm going to be neutral. You're not neutral. If you fail to vote for what's right, you have just given the upper hand to those that are evil. That's what you've done. You have said, just like if, if a, 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 a man is beating some kid out there, and, and somebody, some stranger is kidnapping a kid. Let's put it this way. Some man is kidnapping a kid. And you say, that's not my problem. It's not my kid. And I don't know who that guy is. I'm not going to get involved. You're just as guilty as that kid becoming a, a human trafficked individual as that guy doing it because you failed and you refused to do something about it. You're just as guilty. And if you see somebody that's going to impose evil principles in a nation or bring false doctrine in the church and you don't stand up and be distinct, you're just as guilty. We're just as guilty. And there is no, there is no middle ground. Nobody's going to go to, to the judgment saying, oh, well, you know, George, and I wasn't really against you. You're, you're, going, you're going to hell. Because he said, who is not with me is against me. Who doesn't gather with me scatters abroad. There is no middle ground. It's like the bat. It's neither a rat nor a bird. Same thing. Some people try to be neutral and be wallflowers because they have no courage of conviction. They have no guts. They want people to like them. And they're so interested in people liking them that they put that instead of God, uh, honoring God and wanting God to look upon them with favor. 
Under the church in Thyatira, right? These things says the Son of God. This, I, I'm the authority, he says. I'm the Son of God. I'm telling you. He who has eyes like a flame of fire, he will see right through the, the hypocrisy. He will see right through the, the pretenses of people who will say and try to excuse excuses. And he'll say he'll burn through that. He will burn through those excuses like a flame through a piece of paper. He will burn through those excuses. They will be standing there in ashes because he sees right through you. I've had people come into my office as a personnel manager and they kind of give me all excuses and I can see right through them. And I, I tell them, and I, you know, this is what you did. Don't tell me that. Did you do this? Did you do this? Yes, I did. Now, don't tell me that you're giving me excuses about what you did. You could have cost us a client. You could have cost us a lot of money and you could have cost people their jobs. Don't tell me that you're going to go ahead and justify what you did. I just did. I just had a man in my office on Friday. I told him the only reason I'm not firing you is because I care about your family because I don't want you to go home and tell your wife and your kids in this in this time, this hard time that now that you got fired. And that's the only reason I'm not firing you. Do I have the ability to? I've done it many times because I care about all these people back here that have a job that need the job. That if this guy messes up an entire account, all these people lose their job. I am not going to sacrifice all these people for this guy that refuses to do what he's supposed to do. Won't do it. And we need to learn to be distinct. We need to learn to be uh, faithful. And we need to learn to be zealous about what we do. And not half-hearted. Not half-stepping. We're Christians. We represent God. We are the church of God. We're not supposed to do what this church did. <clears throat> he says, and his feet are like fine brass. Have you ever seen fine brass? It, it's, uh, in Spanish, it's reluciente. It's bright. It, it reflects light. It's beautiful. It's, it's, orna it's, orna it's like that right there, like that uh, door handle. It's ornamental. It's reflecting. And they used to use it as a mirror. Guess what? How would you like God to put the mirror onto you and say, this was your life, and now you really see yourself like you are? Not like you think you are, not like you wish you were, but how God really sees you. And how now he shines and reflects it back on you. This is how you really are. You would have nowhere to stand. You would have no excuses. None. And so now he begins to tell this church, I know your works. I know what you do. I know how you work. And your charity, that means your love and care for the people and service and faith and your patience, and your, and your works, and, the, and, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. He says, I see the progress you're making. He says, I see you making progress. But there's a problem. In the progress, we have a, a tendency sometimes to steer off. We have a tendency sometimes to let up. We have a tendency sometimes to begin to let down or become complacent. Do you know what complacent means? Comfortable where you're at. You know, I'm good. I'm good right here. I don't got to do any better. I'm good. I don't have nothing to improve. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna get lazy, and I'm not gonna do much. You do that in a job, somebody will take your job because somebody will come up and say, you know, I'm competing for your place. I'm gonna take your job. Or you have a business, something like yours. They're going to try and do better than yours. If they're, if they're jealous about what they're doing and they're passionate and they're motivated, they'll take your business. Because while you're sitting back being complacent, 
they're going to take and do the better job and get the customers. And in this world, you're competing against Satan for people who are dying and going to hell. You're trying to win them. You're not trying to sit back and say, oh, no, I'm good, man. I'm saved. I'm good. Or, you know, I'm good. I, I cut out this habit here and that, you know. And it's not about works, but, you know, God made us to be in the image of his son. And so he says here, he says, notwithstanding, all this stuff that's great that you did, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because you sufferest. That word in the King James suffers means you tolerate, you put up with. Ever suffer something? That means you put up with it. It's not just that you allow it. You put up with it. There's certain things in my life I'm not going to put up with. I definitely will not put up with it. I won't. I've had people in front of me that I knew they had a family. I fired them. I wasn't going to put up with what they did. I wouldn't put up with them stealing from the company. I wasn't going to put up with them treating our customers like garbage. I wasn't going to put up with it, and I fired them. They came back looking for a job. You're not coming back here. You'll find a job somewhere else. Is that hard? No. That's very tolerable to the poor people back here that need that job. This guy's going to ruin it for everybody else. You got a problem, you can't get yourself together, that's not my problem. I try to help people. I try to correct them. I send them mentors. I give them mentors, help them. But after so many times of me mentoring or sending somebody to help them and counseling and counseling and counseling, I'm like, no, you're done. You're done. I've given you how many chances, I've put how many counselings, how many that, you're done. You know what? People have gotten so soft that they think they can't be corrected. They think they can't improve. And God's saying here, I've got some things against you, man. You're, 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 you're putting up with that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things, sacrifice, and idols. He's saying, you've got in your church, you're, you're a church, you're supposed to be standing up for what's right, for the doctrines and the principles of God, and you allow a woman who, number one, is not supposed to be preaching in the church. She's not supposed to be sitting there exhorting anybody in the church. Yes, she can be teaching men, I mean, excuse me, women and ladies and so forth, like the Bible tells them to teach younger women to love their husbands, to take care of their home, and they have a ministry. It's not less, it's just what God did. It's just how he ordained it. But he says, not only do you have her teaching, you have her teaching false doctrine. You know who Jezebel was? Jezebel is one of the most wickedest women that have ever lived on the face of the earth. She would incite her husband Ahab to evil. Ahab was a very wicked man, evil to the core. But his wife was one that was always inciting him to evil. That's why, take your time before you get married and find somebody that you're not supposed to. Because they'll ruin you. They'll incite you. That's the same thing with women. Finding some guy that will do wrong and, and provoke them and will influence them and lead them astray. It's the same thing. But this woman Jezebel inside her husband, she was evil to the core. In 1 Kings chapter 21-25, she says she'd incited her husband to evil. She didn't try. You know, the Bible says that a, a woman is the helpmeet of her husband. God created her as a complement to the man. She was the polar opposite of what God created a woman to be. Instead of helping him, instead of being there with him, 
She was always dragging him down all the way to the paths down, that lead down to hell. And that's what this woman was doing in the church. Instead of being the helpful counselor and encourager in the church, she was seducing people and encouraging people to do evil in the church against the principles of God. That's who, and they said, you're putting up with it. How? Don't, it, basically, the opposite it entails. Don't put up with it. You got somebody in the church teaching false doctrine? Stop it. Pull them aside and say, what are you doing? What are you saying? I did it in Panama. When I was in Central America, I took over a church that a, that a missionary had asked me to take over. While he came back to the States for eight months. Here I am in a Panamanian church. That's where my oldest kids learn how to speak Spanish. Jacob and, and Elizabeth and Leah. And these two were born after Panama. But there in that different country had one guy who was the main uh, you know, man that had preserved this church. Because it had gone and closed up. And they had just dwindled and withered. And he kept trying to preserve the building. And finally, they brought in a missionary, James Childers, to help them bring that church back up. And it started flourishing. But James had to go back, and he had built it back up to 25 people. He said, Georgia, will you take over the church? And I'm like, I'm always deployed somewhere. I'm always being sent by the army somewhere to do something. But I'll, I'll, while I'm here, and you know, miraculously, for the full eight months that I was there, that he was gone, I, the army didn't send me anywhere. Which is weird, because I was always deployed. And I got to pastor that church. And but while I was in that church, the main guy, his name was Maximiano Gonzalez, had three sons. One, two, three, four sons. And one of the sons, uh, Samuel, was listening to this charismatic guy. They used to call him Sopla Dios. And he started bringing some of that heresy into the church and teaching some false doctrine. I'm like, and I'd be gone doing stuff, and I come back, and he's teaching this this garbage during the Sunday school. I'm picking up old ladies way out in the interiors of Panama to bring them to church. And some of those people live like you have no idea how they lived in Panama. Some of the poorest people you have never seen it, maybe. Dirt floor, dirt floor, and their walls were tin roof. What they used for tin roofs, that was their walls. And how they got to church? It took them two hours to get to church because they'd walk a few miles, then they'd get on what's called the chiba. The Chiba was a pickup truck with benches on the side. Then they'd take that into the bigger city. And the bigger city, they'd, carry the, they'd take the bus all the way into Arihan. Almost two hours to get to church. That's what people, but and people today, like they got a car, air conditioning, they can't get to church. I don't feel sorry for them. That's just wimpy. I have no respect for that. None. From what I've seen people put up with, to get to church and to be in church, and many others in those countries that love God and will do whatever they can. And, and this was a building where there was no bathroom. It was an outhouse, man. It was an outhouse. That's how my kids learned not to put toilet paper in the toilet. We got back to the United States, and one of my daughters was putting toilet, putting their, anyway, their paper in the garbage. And she's like, no, 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 don't do that. But in Panama, no, no, don't do that. Put in the toilet. But you told in the Panama, you took toilet. You just stuff up the, the septic tank. It was different. There was no air conditioning. And when it was raining, it was a tin roof. Guess what? You couldn't hear anybody preach because the rain was so loud on the tin roof. And there was no insulation. There was nothing. Just tin roof. But we would pack that church out. And she would, she would sit there till 2. We'd get there at 8 o'clock in the morning. She'd sit there till 2 o'clock in the afternoon teaching people and helping them practice in the choir because she was the piano player. And the kids were out there playing soccer. 
with the other Panamanian kids. But there was the one guy that was going to ruin it all. He started teaching fall. You know what I did? I went to his house. I told his dad, I'm going to talk to your son. I didn't care that he was one of the main guys in the church. Could care less. I need to talk to your son. I told the son, I said, you're teaching this and this. You're not teaching nothing. Now. You're going to sit down. You're not teaching anything. Until you get your doctrine straight, you're not teaching nobody nothing. His father didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. And it was done. Because I wasn't going to allow for this guy to bring in that doctrine into this church and ruin people's understanding of God. Wasn't going to allow it. Wasn't going to put up with it. And I didn't put up with it. And you as a, as a Christian should not allow anybody in your presence to start spouting off things that are wrong and allow them to do it without correcting them. No, no, wait a second. That's not what the Bible says. That's the job of the church. We're the bulwark of truth. We, we defend the faith. We war and spiritual warfare for the truth. That's who we are. That's what we do. And it says here, he says, she, she's doing all this stuff. She says, I gave her space to repent. I gave her space to repent of her fornication. And she didn't repent. She didn't want to. You know what? Not just fornication physically, but in the Old Testament, fornication was when the children of Israel were committing spiritual adultery with the idolaters and bringing in heresies against the teachings that God had given them through Moses and Joshua. So what are you doing? That's not what I taught you. You're, you're committing adultery, spiritual adultery, and you're marrying women or marrying guys that are bringing this into the nation. And I told you to be distinct. I told you these are my laws for this nation. These are my laws for this church. These are my, my principles and my teachings. But they put up with it. And God judged them the same way. I gave her time. She doesn't want to. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. She didn't repent. Repented not. And behold, this is what he do. I'm going to cast her into a bed. And then that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. God's saying, I keep warning you. Oh, you want to commit fornication? Fine, I'm going to throw you in a bed. Now you're going to fornicate with those people. You're going to build these ties. You're going to corrupt yourself. And I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy you. And not just destroy you, he says, and I will kill her children. That means the results and the fruit of the people that they win. That's why you got so, such false doctrine in this church, in, in churches around America. That's why America has gotten away from being the country that it was supposed to be. Because people have come in and, and everything, every organization has to have a foundation. Whether it's the Constitution of the United States or whether it's this is the most important thing in all creation all time, the Word of God. And if you, and supposedly, Supposedly, any nation that's not built on a foundation of these truths will corrupt themselves. And what has happened? People or a generation have risen up and they've tried to take move America off of its foundations from the Bible. That's why we're so jacked up in this nation right now. Because this nation was founded by people that wanted to, to have a place where anybody can come. I'm, an, I'm, I'm the child of immigrants. My parents came here from Cuba. I'm so grateful that I wasn't born there. I'm so grateful that I wasn't raised there. Because I've been there and seen that. Don't want it. And so what did I do? I didn't say, well, I'm Cuban, but I'm going to bring my, my Cuban ways that they're doing over an island to here. I would ruin this place. I would ruin it. That's why there's distinctions. There's borders. God said there are. 
And if you don't believe me, sit back and I'll give you a whole list of them. And you go back and read them. There are. And when one nation, that's why Ruth, who was a Moabitess, who God had judged the Moabites because they refused to allow Israel to walk through their land when they were coming out of Egypt and they were evil to the Jews. And God had said, These are your, this is your area. You're one of the children of Lot. This is the area I'm giving you. He gave it to them. Read it. But they refused to let the Jews go by and they treated them so evil and they tried to condemn them and curse them through Balaam. And God says, I'm cursing those Moabites for 10 generations. They cannot join themselves to the children of Israel. But there was one woman. She was a very um, virtuous woman. Her name was Ruth. And she married into a Jewish family. Her friend who married one of the brothers that said, I'm just going to go back to my people. Ruth realized that God is with Israel and Israel is supposed to be different. And she said, Ruth said, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. You're not, I'm, I don't care what you tell me. I'm staying with you when her husband had died. And Ruth said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Wherever you dwell, I'm going to dwell there. Your people will become my people and your God will become my God. She turned her back on her culture. She turned her back on her ways. She turned her back on the idols of the Moabites and said, I'm going to Jehovah, Yahweh. I'm going to you because you are the people of the book. And so if our ties to this earth and certain cultures are more or stronger than the ties to God and his word and his principles, we're the ones that are wrong. We're the ones that are wrong. That's why I will never return or give pledge allegiance to the flag of Cuba. I will never do it. Never. Because I've been there four times, been there, done that, and saw what they did with that place. I'm done. Am I Cuban by descent? Yes. Do I like Cuban food? Yes. Am I going to go back there and do what they did or bring that culture here? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And just the same way, I'm not going to bring the culture of the heathen into the church because this is the kingdom of God. And I belong to the kingdom of God. I will not bring the abominable into and the teachings and the false doctrines of this world. And let me tell you something. My first place is the kingdom of heaven. But you know why I'm American? Because for this time, God has left me here. And he's left governments in place to supposedly do things right. I can't wait to get out of here. I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to hear, like it says in the book of Revelation, the kingdoms of this earth are become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. I want that day to come. I'm only loyal here to do what's right and to preserve what's right. When it goes astray, man, you can go astray without me because I'm not going with you, man. I'm not going with you. I'm jumping off the train. And so here, he says, I gave them time to repent. They don't want to. He said, fine. He says, behold, I will cast her into a bed and, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent of their deeds. Some people are just not going to repent. They're not going to. He says, and I will kill her children with death. That's pretty hard. Guess what, man? That's your God. That's your creator. The stuff that people are peddling out there and trying to tell you that God is a different way, God is all love, he's never going to hurt anybody, that's God. He is a God of judgment. He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy because look at here how many times he's telling her, look, repent, 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 and they don't want to. 
There comes a time when you cannot be just if you allow people to do unjust things. There comes a time when you are evil to everybody else. I would be evil to that kid that's getting kidnapped if I don't deal with that guy that's kidnapping him. So I'd rather be evil to the guy or just by treating that guy and dealing with that guy that's kidnapping that kid than to allow that kid to be kidnapped and live a life of torture and death and everything else following ruin away from their parents. You have to decide. Guess what, folks? We have to take sides. You can't play the middle. How would you think if your football team that you love so much had a line that said, you know what, uh, uh, you know, we're going to play half and half. Some days we're going to play for the Patriots and, and, and a few of these games are going to let like the Chiefs win because, you know, we're going to be fair. How stupid would that be? But that's exactly how some people think about the things of God or the things of this world. How stupid would it be? Then why put on the uniform? Either you're for one or the other. And God, and right here he says, and I, it says, um, and I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins. That means like a horse. When you're on a horse, she competes on horseback. She's been on horses forever. And I've, I've, I've meddled in horses on my own informally. And I, and I understand the reins. I understand the, 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 the what do you call it in Spanish? called El freno. I understand that. I, I know my way around them enough to know, you know, you can make a horse go this way and that way. The reins, try, will they, will they yield? But guess what? Some horses, are, what do they call them when they're, 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 they no longer care? And you can pull on the reins. They're not going to do it. Because they're resisting. God pulls on your reins enough and you resist and you resist and you resist. God says, fine, then I can't use you. Then I cannot use you. You are of no use to me. Because I'm trying to teach you to, and pull you this way on your reins and pull this way on your reins and you know, pull on your ribs this way so you'll come against that way and all this other stuff. And you refuse. And you refuse. So guess what? You're of no use to me. He tries our reins. He'll bring testing in your life to see, are you going to yield? Are you going to turn? Are you going to stop? Are you going to go? Are you going to follow my commands? Will you follow my lead? Because if you will not follow my lead, my lead then you're not accomplishing what I want you to accomplish. <clears throat> he says, I search the reins and the hearts. Not just that. But he searches your motives and your heart. Where's your heart? Who are you loyal to? Who? I've had people that come into my job and say all kinds of things to me, and I stop them in their tracks. And let me tell you something. I'm loyal to Breck and to Brent back there. They write my check. So you can just stop right there trying to convince me how wrong they are and how I need to see it your way because this isn't your job. This isn't your company. You don't write my check. You didn't, you're not the one that sacrificed to make this company what it is. You didn't buy these things. You didn't put your whole, whole finance at risk to make this so that everybody else can have a job. And number one, Brent Bell can't be everywhere, so he hired you to drive that car because he gave you a job because he given you an opportunity to do what he can't do. Now, if you don't want to do that, guess what? You see that road? See that door? Go out the door and keep walking because I don't need you either. I am loyal to them. I'm here to make sure this company runs well. I'm here to make sure that their, their interests are served. That's right out of the book of Proverbs. And if you're not going to do that, then you shouldn't ever come in here and apply for a job. Go start your own business. You think you know how to do it better? Go start your own. Bye. Have a nice day. You're done. Have I done that? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. <clears throat> there comes a time when you have to stop playing around. There, ha- there comes a time when you have to be serious and you have to stand for something. I've had people come in with their union reps and they, they really messed up. And they're coming over, well, let's negotiate. I said, no, no, there's no, there's no negotiating here. You may talk to that guy right there. I'm not negotiating nothing. This is what they did. This is what's happening. This is the consequences. I'm not negotiating. I'm not. You're not going to sit there and try and, and bully me. Not going to happen. You and I, as Christians, need to stand firm. Now, should we love people? Should we help them? Should we give them chances? Yes, we should. Yes, we should. But you have to have distinct lines when you finally say, it's enough, you're done. And I've had people say, please give me one more chance, and I've given you plenty. And I didn't want to fire them, but I fired them. They were pleading with me, I won't do it again, this and that. I'm sorry, but you have a history, and I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to risk that you're going to ruin this company because I've told you so many times, I'm sorry, you're done. You're done. Now, I have brought people back that I fired. I've given them a second chance. After six months, I brought them back. And I brought them back in the office, and I've had problems. I'm like, do you remember our talk? Because I can leave you unemployed just that quick. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a bully. But my, it, my, my loyalties are to everybody that's trying to make a living with this company. My loyalty is to the one that's paying my check to make sure we all have a job. My loyalty is to the customers that keep coming to us so that we have revenue. Do I understand? Do I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? You have to draw lines. You have to understand in your life what is and what is not acceptable. What is and is not going to be tolerated. What you will and what you will not allow. What you will and will not put up with. Because if you don't have that, you're wishy-washy. You're wishy-washy. You don't have to be mean, but you have to be firm when you have to be firm. You can give grace, you can give mercy. We should give. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of second chances. But when they keep burning you, or they're burning people around you, or they're going to send somebody down the wrong path because they're teaching them heresy, that's where there's no mercy, man. You stop right there. No, no, no. You're not saying one more word. You're not going to. Without me contradicting you and correcting you. It says here, But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan. See what he calls it? What she was teaching is the, the depths of Satan. She was teaching people to go astray. She was teaching people to do what God despises. Can you imagine somebody in that church is not saved and they're listening to something like that and they get lost while they're sitting in church? There's many churches leading people astray right now, all the way to hell. And people are going to say, well, Lord, I was in church. And I, 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 you know, you had a Bible. You could have said, well, wait a minute. Wait, that isn't right. What do you, that isn't what God said. And, and finally, guess what? Either you go and confront that person, and he's like, you know what? 
I'm done. And just walk out and go to somewhere else where they're going to teach the truth. I've walked off a job, completely walked off a job, right in the middle of my shift. I was done. I was done. It was in a correctional facility, a, de a, de a, de a detention facility. And the people that were running were more corrupt than the people that were being detained. And finally, one day I had enough. I just I walked. Middle, middle of my shift. I was supposed to get off at 3 or 4 o'clock. At 11.30, I walked out the door. I'm done. Send me my check. Or I'll come back and get it. But I'm not working here no more. And I wasn't going to put up with it. I had people try to bribe me. And prisoners, detainees, try to bribe me. And I got loud. As loud as I can get. How dare you insult me? You think I'm like you? You think I can be bought? You think I have no scruples, no morals? And what am I, a prostitute? That I'm going to sell my convictions? I'm going to sell my trust? I'm going to sell my, my, my reputation for you? I'm not doing it. They're like, absolutely, I make no bones about it. None. So there is no misunderstanding. No misunderstanding. None. And these guys probably could hurt you. I don't care. They're not going to hurt me as bad as if I ruin my own reputation. And when I fight back, that's a different story. But I'm not going to let them do something to me that's going to ruin my reputation for the rest of my life for them. Not doing it. Not going to. <clears throat> no offense. I had a Navy SEAL. A Navy SEAL in, we were in Costa Rica on a mission. Task Force Jaguar. And the colonel of this uh, reserve uh, unit that came down, we're doing this big unit, he had screwed some stuff up. Their logistics was all messed up, and I was sent down from Panama to see what was going on with, with, the, with, the, with the communications of the, of the mission. I went down, I saw what's happened. They had, not, they had put their canisters together with the doors. One to, how you can open two, two containers when the doors are butt, butted up? What are you going to do? Use a can opener and open up the outside? What are you doing? They couldn't get their stuff right. And I told, and this Navy SEAL come to me, this guy had the, um, the uh, Trion, Triton, he said, well, you know, he's a colonel, you know, he really can, I'm not, I said, no, I'm not doing it, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm, my report's going to show exactly what happened. My report is going to show exactly what happened, why this mission is not working. And I did. And I did. I didn't get sent down there to sit there and hide things. I got sent down there to find out what the problem was and fix it. Now, that could be irritating for some people because I have a habit of doing that. But that's how I function. I see things, and that has to be corrected. Because if it's not corrected, you're going to fail big. It could be fail big, fail small, or you could cause a lot of problems. You need to be a person of integrity, a person that stands up for what's right as the church of God and the bulwark of truth, the fortress of truth, that's what he's telling us, and not put up with false doctrine. He says, but unto you, I say, uh, unto the rest of Thyatira, the rest of you folks that aren't into this, as many as have not this doctrine and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put nothing else upon you. I'm not going to put another burden on you. Just do what's right, man. I'm not trying to put burdens on you. I'm trying to make you do what's right. But that which you have already hold, hold fast. Man, if you're doing the right things, I, those things that you're doing right, keep doing them. 
Those things that you're doing right, keep doing that. But this other stuff, he's telling you, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Get some courage. Get some conviction. Get, get some self-respect. Get some self-respect that you're not like the rest of them and you're going to put up with stuff that isn't right. I'm not going to put anything else on you. I just want you to do what's right. What you've been taught. And he says, but that which you have already hold fast. That means hold tight. Military term is stand fast. You know what stand fast is? Don't move. Hold the ground. And he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. You see right there? There are nations. Because God and nations, plural, that means more than one. More than one. There's distinctions. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. That means no give. No, you're not going to go out there and rape people. No, you're not going to go out there and steal and kill. No, you're not going to go out there and cheat people in your business. No, you're not going to go out there and do what's wrong. We don't understand because we live in a world full of fraud and deceit and lies and cheat. We think it's normal. It's not normal. It's not right. Not in the kingdom of God, it's not. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken into shivers, even as I have received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. That means a very precious, precious reward. And he that, so he finishes with, he that has an ear. If you're listening to this, hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Don't just listen. Apply it. Put it to practice. Jezebel. <clears throat> Jezebel. I'll tell you one of the evil one of the evil things she did. <clears throat> Her husband liked a big baby. There was a guy named Naboth. And Naboth had this really great vineyard. <clears throat> and Ahab, who's the king, goes over and says, uh, I'll buy it from you. And Naboth said, no, this belongs to my fathers and their fathers before them. This is the inheritance that I've received of my fathers. I can't give you, I can't sell you this. It's not just a commodity, it's, it's the inheritance from my fathers. I can't give you this. I'm not, I'm not going to sell it. Ahab goes back to his palace and he starts pouting like a little kid, crying, he won't eat. Jezebel comes in and says, what's wrong with you? And he tells him. She goes, aren't you the king? I'll fix it. He has no idea what she's about to do because he has no control over his wife. She just goes out and does anything and then she tells him, this is what I did. And then she goes out and makes up a lie about him. Oh, he's this, he's that, he's a, guess what, he's like this. And they make up all these lies. It's happening today. People lying, people using um, uh, titles. Oh, this guy is this, this guy is that. No, it's not. You're just saying that so he'll be ashamed and just see things your way. Stop it. Just stop it. Oh, he, he blasphemed God. He did this and he did that. And they bring him out and he's, he's, say that he did it. Oh, yeah, he did it. He lied. They flat lied. They got everybody convinced that he did it. You know what they did to him? They stoned him to death. They killed him. And so she goes and says, Ahab, he's dead. Go take the, the, go take the vineyard. The prophet said, that very place, the dogs are going to lick your blood. That very place, the dogs will lick your blood for what you did. Prophecy from God. 
and many, many other evil things that Jezebel did and Ahab did. So Ahab gets killed in battle and the dogs lick his blood. That's coming out of the chariot where he bled out in battle. He tried to hide himself. You can't hide from God. He tried to hide himself like he wasn't the king and sent somebody else out. But a lone archer just shot an arrow in just, just at random. Wasn't pointing anybody, just shot it out over to the enemy side. And in his armor, there was one opening here in the, in where they tie up. Guess what? Where the arrow went through, right through it. Right through it. The one place where it could have gone, just by chance. It's, like a, it's worse than a hole-in-one. It's bigger odds than a hole-in-one in golf. And he, he died. And then he bled out right in his chariot. He told his chariot driver, get me out of the battle. I'm, I'm really badly hurt. And he died. And as his blood is and so, soaked out, and the, the dogs were licking his blood while they were washing out the chariot. And then Jezebel, Jezebel sitting up on her tower, and God had raised up a very, I'm going to tell you, there is a, there is a Jewish messianic rabbi named Jonathan Kahn. And he said, Donald Trump was like Jehu, very rough, very arrogant. But he was sent, and he wasn't a perfect man, he did some evil things, or did some wrong things, but he was sent to bring down the house of Ahab. And he was a furious man, furious. When they saw him walking, they said, yeah, that's Ahab from a far distance. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's Jehu, that is. The way he walked, he's like, he was no nonsense. And he went up to where Jezebel was and he looked up and she, was, she had painted her face all up with all this makeup. And he looked at the eunuchs that were up there and the servants, he said, throw her down. Throw her down. They're like, ooh. Down she went. They weren't going to mess with him. And then what he did, the horse he was on, trampled her all over the place. She just trampled her into the ground. You know what he did after that? He went and had lunch. He went and had lunch. And then he told somebody, you know what? She is the daughter of a king, so go bury her. He went to go find her. There was nothing left. The dogs had eaten her. The only thing that was left was her skull and the palms of her hands. The dogs had eaten her. And the prophecy was that she would be dog poo-poo on the earth. Guess what she became? After the dogs ate her, she became dog poo-poo on the earth. That's how Jezebel ended. You can read the stories in the book of 1 Kings and in Chronicles. That God doesn't play. And he's left the church here to be a standard for the truth, for right and for light. And God told this church, you know what? The offspring, your converts are going to die because they're not going to know the way of salvation. They got a perverted version of the Bible and because they didn't know the truth, the gospel truth, they will die. They will be judged. Because it's our purpose, our design, to give the truth. So that people can live. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Not being nice, not doing good deeds, not being tolerant, it's the truth. But today the truth is the enemy of the state. That's why they censor people. That's why they cut off their communication. 
because they don't want anybody to hear what they're saying. Does the truth offend you? Let them speak. Jesus let them speak. He didn't shut them up. He just contradicted what they said with the truth. That's why they couldn't stand him. Because they'd bring a problem to him. Hey, uh, here's a coin. It belongs... Should we give tax or not? If he says I should, we shouldn't give taxes, he's going he's gonna to turn them into the Romans. And if he says we should, hey, look, this guy is this guy's a supporter of this occupying army of Rome. They're trying to put him in a place where he was messed up if he did and messed up if he didn't. He took the coin and said, let me see it. Who's, whose image is on here? It's Caesar's. Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what's God. They're like... Guess what he did? He didn't shut them up. He just contradicted their lives with the truth. He didn't censor them. He, he used the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If you cannot stand for the truth, then you maybe check your argument. If you cannot defend the truth, and you can't defend your argument, then you need to look at your argument. Because you may be trying to defend something that's indefensible. I'll give you some verses. You can go home and and do some uh, homework. I'll tell you one. Jude 3. Jude 3. just before Revelation. Jude 3. He's talking to Christians. He says, Beloved. He calls them beloved. That means they're, they're of their family. They're familiar. Jude, just before the book of Revelation. This is beloved. When I give, when I gave all diligence, that means he's very um, proactive. Diligence means you're proactive. You're not sitting around, you know, just po humming. You're not laissez-faire is the word. To write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. For certain men are crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, like Jezebel, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? Contend for the faith. They don't just sit there and say, oh, you got your opinion, you got mine. Just give them the truth. They don't want to hear it, that's their problem. One day when they come before the judgment, God's going to open up. I'm like, this guy, that guy told you the truth. You didn't listen. You're condemned. It's that simple. You didn't have, uh, why didn't nobody, yes, you did. Yes, you did. That guy told you, you're lying. Because that guy told you the truth and you refused to accept it. And they'll have nowhere to hide. Contend for the faith. Don't sit there and say, well, okay, well, you know, you have your way, I have my way. Don't do that. That's just wishy-washy. That's just cowardice. You simply, the, the Bible, that isn't what the Bible says. It is written. God said this. This is what God said. That's what Jesus did. It's written. It's written. 
It's written. And if you don't know what he said, then you are deficit of the tools you need to carry out what God has given you to carry out. Contend for that faith. Don't let people just tell you, well, you know, every, all, all, road, all roads lead to heaven. No, they don't. No, they don't. 